Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you simple answers to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. This is episode 139, and we're in the middle of our summer series to help us as parents to really make the most of our time so we can have the best summer ever with our children. Today's guest is a Teach Them Diligently favorite. Moms and dads of all ages have been challenged and encouraged by the messages he shared at our events, and I can't wait for you to hear him. This podcast is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. As parents, we know how quickly a medical need can arise. That's where Samaritan Ministries comes in. Connecting Christians across the nation who help pay one another's medical bills. There are no networks. You choose the healthcare providers that best meet your needs. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify to members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. It's biblical, affordable, and you can join today. Learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash teach them diligently. Again, that web address is SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash teach them diligently. All right, I already told you that our guest today is a TTD favorite. And I'm so excited to hear what he has to say as we follow up on the conversation David and I shared on Tuesday, all about being present. Todd Wilson is a dad, granddad, writer, conference speaker, and a former pastor. Todd's humor and down-to-earth realness have made him a favorite speaker at a lot of different events. Years ago, he started Family Man Ministries with the mission to remind dads of what's most important. Todd's the author of several books and the creator of some of the most fun and relatable cartoons homeschool families will find. Todd, I am so glad that you have joined us today. David and I always look forward to talking to you. So welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Well, it's a big, huge honor to be on the podcast as you celebrate episode 139. It's Yay! I'm kidding. It's a like, moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It only happens once, Todd. Right. So we got to celebrate. Every <laughs> podcast is one to celebrate. So thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. For those who don't know any more about you than what I just told them, can you give us a little, you know, description of who you are and who your family is and what the Lord has allowed you to do through the years so that as we dive into this conversation about dads being intentional and and present and the impact that that makes, that they know kind of where you're coming from. Okay. Well, um, you know, I've I've had a passion for dads for a long time. My wife and I, uh, I was a pastor for about 10 years. And then we've been doing this, traveling around the country, uh, encouraging moms and dads, homeschoolers for almost 20 years, uh, Mm -hmm. probably 20 years right on the dot. And, And we have eight children. We we have, like you said, we have five grandchildren. We've got uh, our oldest lives right next door. I have another son across the street. And so we're together all the time. And really, I love homeschooling. I, I love, I don't necessarily love math and all those things, but I love the byproduct of having your kids home. And really, mm-hmm. my kids have become, not become, they are, they, 
they've always been best friends. Yeah. Um, and it just continues and it's just been a great, great thing. So that's kind of what we do. Um, we're kind of in that transition period now of trying to figure out how to do what we do when our kids are older and at home and we're not all a big family driving around our, the country in an RV and how do we do that? So, um, but our message has always been the same, reminding moms and dads of what really matters because, you know, even as a homeschooler or as a dad, you can be surrounded by your children and miss what matters. Mm. Um, and, I, and I don't want that to happen, not only to you, but to me as well. So it's good to hear my voice say it every once in a while. Uh, I don't like it so much when my wife reminds me, oh, yeah, you always say it's hard, but it's good, Todd. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Mind your own business, woman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Leslie and I came back from a trip last night, and our we only had two of our four kids. They were at home, and uh, we got a call on the way home, and they had apparently almost burned the house down by – uh, frying. They just trying started, to deep fry peanut butter. They started frying. That's stuff. a bad idea for anyone who it apparently smells really, really bad. And it started with French fries. Exactly. Left alone, I could see how you could come up with deep frying peanut butter. Well, yeah. exactly. You got to try all. They did a, so, a dried fruit too. Absolutely. So they started with French fries and it went pretty well. It tasted really good. They liked it. I mean, we're talking from scratch. Now, I like the stuff that was right. frozen. It was from scratch. Okay. They cut the potatoes and everything. And then they moved on to something else and something else and something else. And then it descended into peanut butter, in which it stunk up the whole house. And we probably have a pot sitting on our back porch right now filled with peanut butter that's scaring <laughs> away all the. Uh, the critters. <laughs> the critters. But um, as you're talking about our, our kids being best friends and enjoying to spend time together, uh, that was our oldest and uh, our, our, our oldest girl and our oldest boy. And they were home together. Which is always a dangerous thing when those two are. <laughs> <laughs> they just started having fun with stuff. Now it almost burned the house down. Well, I don't think there was ever fire. It was just the smell of the nasty peanut butter. Okay, I think right. that was the only danger there. But but talking about best friends and getting along, I was thinking about how they just have developed a very tight friendship, and it's because they have spent so much time together, and uh, they know each other, and uh, they're the uh, of our four kids. They're probably the ones that are most similar, and it's resulted in some arguments, and it's resulted in some great times that they have together. So. Just kind of key on that. Uh, that is, uh, that's what you get. You get uh, fried peanut butter when you homeschool. <laughs> and there no, you go. And that's, and that's true. I mean, where you said, and they argue and whatever. I mean, I, I think we've, we've kind of been fed a lie that arguing is all bad, you know, mm -hmm. or that, that conflict is bad. Really, the conflict and the arguing. Yes, it is. But the resolution and all that, it's a sign of closeness. You know, yeah. you don't argue with the guy down, you know, the postman, you know, you, you just say you wave and that's it. And he delivers your mail. Um, but when you are close to someone, husband, wife, you know, that's 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 where the real engagement takes place. And yeah. I know sometimes my wife will say, yeah, but it's just like so loud at our house and you know, it's just bickering and, oh, and when they bicker, they just won't let it go, you know. And I'm like, honey, that's the music of our house. I mean, mm -hmm. really. And one day it will be silent and and we'll miss it so much. So I think it's 
it's all good, you know? <laughs> it, it is. And I really want to follow up on that real quick because as I'm talking to moms, so many look ahead and they see like our kids, your kids, older kids that are really close and they make the assumption that they've always, everything's always been rosy, super fun all the time and that kind of thing. And, and the fact of the matter is, that those fights, those bickering, that that arguing doesn't make you a failure as a parent because this is happening, nor does it mean that their relationships are collapsing. So, you know, there's no chicken little here. This is this is part of growing up, part of maturing, part of relationships because we're fallen. And so we do we do dumb things. Um, but but it's really important to remember that that when you're looking at other people's pictures and whatnot, you need to remember that they've been through those fights, those arguments, those things as well. And so you too will survive this and it will actually give them something to look back on and laugh about in the days ahead because most of their arguments really will boil down to really silly things that they'll find humorous uh, down the road a right. little bit. Well, and I think that, you know, the danger in that is then you, you, you adjust your life to make them not argue anymore. Exactly. So you say, okay, we'll just put you in separate rooms or we'll give you all iPads or we'll put you in school where, you know, and, and really it's the wrong thing to do. Um, you want to just let them work it out. Um, yes. Parents have to come in and referee sometimes and say, you know what? You guys are best friends. You're not allowed to talk that way to your brother yeah. or, Brother, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to push your sister like that. I mean, you're you're a guy. She's a girl. I don't care if she just pushed you and pinched you. You're not gonna push her back. And you know, and that's okay. That's why God gave them parents. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes I think we expect our eight year olds and our fifteen year olds and seventeen year olds to act like forty five year olds. Mm. And you know, it just takes. God has a lot of lessons along the way. And I, if I've learned anything that my wife still struggles with is, you know, that God's in control of all this. God is bigger than our failures. He's bigger than, and I think, you know, we, we parent by faith, but the results aren't based on us. And that takes a lot of pressure off because when the pressure's on, we can do some really dumb things. And, <laughs> and then we put pressure on our kids you know, to act a certain way, to live a certain way. And sometimes, you know, it's like putting, squeezing a tube of toothpaste. It eventually comes out and you can't get it back in, you know, mm -hmm. and, it, and it can be really ugly. So again, my thing of reminding moms and dads what matters, it's that relationship that we have with our kids, the relationships that they have with each other. And we just keep pushing that. We keep, you know, we hug lots, we smile lots even when we don't feel like smiling because our kids need to be smiled at. So a big part of what we talk about is actually parents engaging with their kids. And it's, and we talk about that because uh, parents are so uh, distracted. You know, there's a lot going on in your life. And uh, you have jobs, you have school, you have cleaning the house, you have just, you know, going to the grocery store, whatever it might be you get really focused on other things. And that's part of where the subject for today's podcast is coming from is being present because we know even parents at homeschool uh, that are not, there's like these big moments that kids have 
in their lives. There's holidays, there's graduations, there's, you know, proms, there's all kinds of stuff that may be happening for their children. And the parents are just kind of not really there. And, um, and it's something that is true of families that homeschool. And it's, it's true of families that, that don't homeschool. Um, and, uh, you know, that's part of what, you know, if you're going to develop a relationship with your kids, you have to be present with them. Um, not just, you know, uh, mentally, but physically. physically you have to be present with them as well. And I think I read a, um, an article not too long ago, and it's pretty simple to get to uh, statistics like this. All you got to do is Google uh, but parents spend on average like 34 minutes a day with their kids. Um, and that's like the average family in America. They spend like 34 minutes with their kids on a daily basis. Um, it's really hard to build a relationship when you're not with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's really, uh, you know, uh, for a mom, one of the, the beauties of homeschooling is that it forces you into that. It really is. I know so many moms will say, oh, yeah, we chose to for this, this, this and this. It really is a gift to a busy mom mm-hmm. in a busy world that says, here you go. You're going to have to sit on the couch for for this time, you know, and you do things that you would not. I mean, Leslie, if you had, had stuck them on a bus and they were gone from 730 in the morning to four o'clock in the night and then they had practice afterwards. I mean, can you imagine what your what your relationship would be like? Um, right. It would be different. Um, uh, yeah, some parents will say, yeah, but then you get all that happy time at the end. I'm like, no, that's a myth. You know, yeah. you're still grumpy and you're still you're trying to get stuff done. But I think especially for dads, dads have to be more intentional mm-hmm. um, because, you know, that's statistically, you know, we're the, the, uh, the breadwinner or we at least share the breadwinning. So we are doing it. Um, so we have to be more intentional in some of those other times, uh, you know, just even putting your phone down at a certain time is, yeah. is a big, big deal. You know, never once in, ha- had I ever looked at my father or my mom while they hel- held the telephone, you know, except the kind that was curled up, you know, to the wall. <laughs> um, but they never held one of those things. And those yeah. things are siphoning off our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, and for dads, you know, there's a lot of dads out there playing video games all the time. You know, I'm, I'm not saying video games are bad. You know, you can't play a video game. Uh, but I, I have a son who said, he was talking about his friend. He said, you know, his dad just plays video games all the time. Mm-hmm. He just wants him to, to do something with them. Yeah. And yeah. Really? I mean, he didn't even say he just wants him to lead him in a Bible study. He just said he just wants him to do something. Yeah. And I think when we do something, important things happen. You know, just yeah. when we're out playing basketball, all of a sudden our conversations go from dribbling to something that's meaningful. When you yeah. rise up, when you lay down, when you walk along, when you play basketball, you know, yeah, it's definitely you cannot teach them those things if you are not there. Well, and, and the other point of that is you can't expect, well, well, I guess two things. One, you can't expect to have a solid relationship in those big moments if you haven't built them through all of the little ones. So, right. you know, those, those all build on each other. But the other thing that you said that I really wanted to key on and let you guys discuss a little bit is that there's a great 
lie that has been propagated that children don't want to do stuff with their parents, that parents are not cool, that the children and and everything that I have seen points the other way. Children are very desperate for their parents to engage with them. They would love for that. That's you know, we have kids over here all the time. Because this is a place where we're all playing and doing stuff all the time. They love that. They're talking to us. So it's not that, that kids today don't want that. It's it's that parents have been fed a lie that they don't. So they're giving them all this freedom to do their own thing. And it's really detrimental to our relationships with our kids. I agree. I agree. I mean, uh, you know, it is true that parent that dads are not cool, but they want us to not be cool. You know, they want us to be kind of dorky and they're good with that. They want us to be around. Mm-hmm. They, you know, in fact, if we try to be too cool, it's really, it doesn't feel real. They, they don't want that. They want something that's stable. They want a dad who's involved. Um, you know, and I agree. I agree. I think we have been felt a lie. The same lie that says our kids need their own time. They need, yeah. you know, uh, uh, to, to be, to have a lot of peers. They need all those. Things. They don't need that. They need families. Yeah. They need dads who, again, you know, it's not like we're trying to, you know, say, well, you can't have any friends. I'm going to be your best friend from now on. Let's, you know, let's go build a campfire. Uh, <laughs> it's not that. But yes, we do things together and our kids, you know, we discipline them and they respect us for it. Mm -hmm. We interact with them and they love us for it. You know, even last night I was doing a podcast with my older boys um, and my 16 year old son who has to get up at a crazy early morning and he has to get up at 530 uh, to be actually to be driving, hitting the road at 530. Um, Wow. And he said, he texted me and he said, Hey dad, can you call me? I mean, he meant like during the podcast, can you call me and pray with me? Cause he goes, it's been kind of a while since somebody's yeah. prayed with me when I go to bed, you know, and my wife and I were talking about it. So I stopped podcasting and I just waved and left. And, uh, I went up in his bed and lay in his bed and put my arms around him. And I prayed with my 16 year old son, mm-hmm. we think that 16 year old sons don't need that anymore. And, you know, I mean, the truth is they do that. My, my younger boys are just so being raised so differently than my older kids. Cause my older kids, you know, they were in bed by eight 30 and we had all this time. I, I, they go to bed after I go to bed, I go to bed and they're all out playing volleyball and going to McDonald's afterwards for ice cream and they show up late. And, and so, you know, but apparently they still want their dad to pray with them before they go to bed and mm-hmm. to hug them and tell them they love them. And, and we think sometimes that they've outgrown that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they ever outgrow it. Wow. I, I agree. And, you know, we're in, um, I mean, when this podcast runs, you know, we're in the middle of the summer and uh, we, most people don't, uh, I know there's some that homeschool all year long, uh, but a lot of you don't. And this is a great time to kind of reestablish or to build relationships. And in order to build those relationships, you have to actually be with them in order to do that. And it bears so much fruit. You know, I mean, your son probably wouldn't have called you up and asked you to pray with them if you hadn't spent the time to pray with him a whole lot when he was younger. You know, and, uh, 
that kind of stuff doesn't just come out of nowhere. It comes out of something from the past that they remember or was really special to them, and they want that again. And, um, you know, I spend all kinds – there's times where I just – we just go out to lunch or – uh, we watch something on television or we're just sharing something with the children and it doesn't have to be amazing. You know, it doesn't have to be, Hey, let's all go, uh, you know, bungee jumping together. You know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be something really simple, but the fact that you're with them will bear fruit and you have to actually be intentional about those things sometimes. I agree. I agree. Well, I-, I know my, my brother-in-law uh, he has this little phrase that he uses and it just blows me away. And it's this, he says, sure. You know, I mean, when they ask him to do something, he goes, sure. And I'm like, I would always go, not right now. You know, we're, you know, we're not, it's, I just sat down. Why would, but he does it all the time. And I, you know, and I was, when he did it, I was thinking, He's amazing. How does he love doing it? I don't know if he loves doing it, but he just says it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I can do that. It's not, you know, you know, I don't have to feel it. I don't have to want to go play basketball. But when my son says, "Hey, Dad, you want to watch me play?" I can say, "Sure." Yep. Yeah. Wow. You, that's you just so in, easy. You can get yourself in a lot of trouble like that. Yes, <laughs> you can. Definitely, you can yeah. get older. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Todd, you minister a lot to parents, um, as we do. What have you seen through the years as far as just the various impacts that this investment, this intentional investment in relationship has on our kids, but also on the parents themselves? How, what kind of impact do you see from that? Uh, we get really tired. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? And we, wow. Look at them. They don't even have any kids anymore. And look how much freedom they have. No, I don't know. <laughs> it, you know, no, Todd, when, I, okay. when I'm, I'm tired and I say no to them, I really seem to regret that later on. Mm. I, I've noticed that a lot. And, and when I'm tired which happens a lot more, as you're saying, uh, uh, when you get older, I, I actually regret that. Uh, when I come back and I start thinking about it after the fact, I'm like, man, maybe I should have done that. And I regret it. I think we all, we all carry those things. Um, but even that, you know, God's so good. I mean, it, the parenting again is bigger than our, bigger than our efforts. Hmm. And, uh, even to be able to say to a kid, Oh man, I wish I would have done that. I, I, you know, I regret not doing that. It's such a wonderful thing for a parent to say to a kid because I think, you know, they, they don't hear that very often. Um, and really, the we kind of switched around. And especially as Christian parents, sometimes we think, no, your job is to apologize. Our job is to be right all the time. And you will honor. <laughs> you know, and I just think sometimes our kids like it mm. when we say, I'm sorry. I, I, I should have done that. And, but, you know, like you were saying, the Leslie, you know, what are the benefits as parents or what do we see now as parents? Um, I just, I'll tell you, as this dad, because we had eight little kids, you know, we were homeschooling and we felt exhausted all the time. I mean, I had, I started longing for a Sunday afternoon nap uh, on Tuesday. You know, and I was just, I don't need naps anymore because I'm not as exhausted, but it just gets better 
it just the conversations are deeper the laughter is more the arguments might be deeper you know it's just all gets better and yes we feel tired i mean my wife and i will have these conversations and like oh is everybody coming over yep everybody's coming over and like and we both kind of sometimes sigh because we know it's going to be exhausting but we say it is really good it that's is awesome. really good yep. and uh uh it just is and i believe that is a byproduct you know i want to say it's not a byproduct of homeschooling but it is a by byproduct mm -hmm. of homeschooling um you know, you've invested, you've been so intentional for so many years mm -hmm. that it just, it comes out of that. Mm, it does. And one thing I want to kind of throw out, um, because this is something as our kids have gotten older, especially that I've seen. And, and I want you guys to talk about it a little bit for the sake of us moms, you know, dads play a very different role, at least with the guys I've seen as they get older, the, the, you mentioned the argument, the kind of the debates are that David has with the boys. Is, it's like, they, they love this. They're working out these ideas. I see manly things happening. I don't like it. I just kind of want to <laughs> walk away from it. But, but I am, I kind of stand in awe that they all keep coming back for more. They all keep coming back for these debates and working out their beliefs and their ideas and, and refining things. And it's so cool to watch that happen. What's actually happening there? What What is that manly thing going on that, that I don't even like to be around necessarily? <laughs> I think it's the young buck syndrome where, you know, where they, you know, I mean, their job is to take out the old guy trample them and then move on you know and 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 we've trained them to be that way i mean that's i again that's a part of it that i love and you know for moms watching it can be kind of scary but but i don't know if i, I don't i would guess david doesn't always feel that way i don't know if you feel challenged or it's like they even have points and you're like wow that's a better point than mine, you know, <laughs> or their argument was really, really good. Uh, and we've, yeah. we've trained them for that. You never, right, right, right. Uh, and I think, again, what I love is we go from being, it's kind of a Star Wars thing. The master becomes the, the student, you know, mm. where I used to be, I, I'm, I'm a handyman. And so I'm always working on projects. And so my, my boys assume the role of, underling and you know hammer holder or tool getter so i would be on the ladder and that i'd go hey ben go get me this thing and my wife would say why are you always having i said that's i don't know that's why we have kids you know to go get stuff now i'm the go-getter and so they're working on their projects last night my son was installing his air conditioner my other son across the street with his brother they were tearing down a whole chimney i would just walk in between them and they'd go Hey, Dad, could you hand me that? And I'm like, okay, here. You know, and and I'm like, that's it has happened. Where now it's my job just to sit back, not sit back. And they still, you know, they give me. The, I get participation awards now, like for thanks for your moral support, Dad. You know, and uh, you know, you really didn't do anything, but thanks for being there. And I, I love it. I yeah. just love it when we go to a restaurant. You know, well, we take up a huge table because they're we're all there, and I'll sit down at the end because I'm kind of a loud boy. So my wife needs to be in the middle because she's soft and she likes to be in the middle. But I just kind of, and sometimes I just watch them all, and and I'm like, 
you know what? They're going to be okay without me. They don't need me like they did. And it is such a satisfying feeling to me. You know, I don't feel like it's slipping through my fingers. I don't feel like, whoa, you know, I'm the dad here. Hey, don't forget about me. I'm like, they're supposed to forget about me. They're supposed to have families of their own and move. And, you know, when I'm gone, they'll still take care of their mom. They'll still take care of each other. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And that was all born through the years of that intentional present relational investment that you guys have made in your children. And so you see that the guys keep coming back. They keep coming back to ask for help or to debate or to refine their, their thoughts. And, and it is so amazing as a mom standing back and watching that to see those, those now adult men interacting with David. And and I'm sure that, that Debbie would say the same interacting with you and and to know that they're not going elsewhere to have those debates. They're not going elsewhere for help. They are continuing to engage in the place that God planted them initially. And that is awesome. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't even know for you, David, sometimes it, sometimes it can be a little, um, uh, it can make you insecure, you know, especially if they maybe believe things that are a little different from you. I'm going to guess they don't, they're not like throwing out everything, but sometimes they're challenging you a little bit. And sometimes the temptation for me is to pull out my big guns, you know, and, and maybe put them in their place. And I can tell that's always the wrong thing, you know, and I'll say, Oh, that's a, that's a pretty good argument, but you know, that's not what the Bible says. You know, and all of a sudden I can, I can tell that I've kind of crossed a line and I've, I've gone to not to prove my point, but just to, to make them lose. And that doesn't, that, that's not, that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, and you have to be kind of secure in the way we've trained them will carry them through, you know, that, I mean, even like as they pick a spouse, um, I know sometimes my wife kind of freaks out and like, you know, look who, why would they even choose that? Look at that person. And I'm like, because we've trained them to see something, even though we may not see it right now, maybe they see part of that, you know? So I'm going to trust God and I'm going to trust them that, and our training that it, that it's not undone so quickly, but I don't know if you ever feel that way, David, but. Well, I mean, sometimes I have, uh, I've always found that asking questions are better. Mm. And uh, it seems to work better whenever I just make statements. Uh, either it elicits a little bit more of a hunker down kind of response. Right. Like they're, they're, you know, I'm throwing mortar shots at them and they're like <laughs> hunkering down in defense. And then sometimes they don't want to admit that, oh, yeah, you're right. They just hunker down even more. Right. But, you know, you're not really getting anywhere with that. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the things I try to do. But sometimes, you know, they come out with some stuff that um, makes him hunker down. Uh, <laughs> no, well, I, no, it's like you can't, you know, it's like I don't even have a good question for that. So I just need to go after that one, you know, <laughs> nuclear, you know. Um, and you're right. It never really turns out the best way. Um and they never fully admit that, ah, oh, it was probably way off on that one. Uh, mm. But sometimes when I ask a really, really good question, I can get them to go, ah, oh, 
Yeah, you're right. And that is really satisfying, honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, if I could be completely real talk with you, with that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it could be really satisfying to hear that. But we we do get into some pretty deep discussions. And I do, will say that every single time I make a declaration, it's like I have now put myself on the firing line. Mm. And they just come at me with all kinds of stuff. And uh, there are a few circumstances that it comes up over and over and over and over and over (laughs) again. Years down the road, it will come up, you know, that I made this declaration that, uh, you know, and I'll always say, well, you're just you're you just haven't gotten to the point where you have figured out that I am right is what I say. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't help matters either. <laughs> Go figure, yeah. right? So anyways, I've always found that the best way is to ask questions. And that actually leads to really good discussions and arguments and that kind of thing. But as you know, Todd, just because the, the argument starts getting a little bit more intense, it doesn't mean that you're actually breaking or destroying anything. It just means there's a really intense discussion about something. I agree. I agree. And really, that's what I want from my boys. I want us to be, and, and that's, I want it from my girls too, you know, but I know sometimes girls can be offended um, and some guys can be offended too. And then they shut down. That's where the dads have to be the ones who pull them out of that. I mean, yeah. cause I even told my, I told my daughter-in-laws, I said, Hey, there's going to be a point where I'm going to offend you. I said, that's my personality. I can be offensive, you know, easily. I can do it. I know I will. I said, but we're not ever going to stop talking. Here's you come to me, or if you're not brave enough, tell your husband, and then he'll come to me and tell me, dad, you really stepped over line because I, I never want to shut that down. Um, We were talking to my aunt one time and, and, she was saying that she, between her and her daughter, and I'm trying to be careful here, uh, she and a family member <laughs> had this big argument. And the, the daughter or the daughter or son or son-in-law or aunt said something. I'm trying to be vague again. Uh, I'm trying to lead you off track. Said something that was really hurtful. And my wife said, how did you get past that? And my aunt wisely said, because I love her, Mm. you know, and I just think as dads and moms, we got to be really, we've got to fight the temptation to be hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be the big ones. We have to be the moms and dads, even to the very end, even when they're old and we're old. I know I'm related to some who have had broken relationships because the kids said something hurtful. The parents dug in their heels and, you know, the father died Mm -hmm. without the relationship ever being restored. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I I blame the dad. I blame the dad just because could his son have because his son was a father, too. Could his son have said something and apologize? Yes. But I blame the dad because the dad should have said, you know what? I love you. You're bigger than our argument. You're bigger yeah. than what you said. And, you know, and should have brought his wife into it, should have brought everybody into it and said, we're going to make this work because we're a family. Yeah. And uh, I take that position, you know, as my role as a dad so seriously that I do. I hate it when my wife reminds me again that 
it's your fault, Todd, because you're the dad. You know, and I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> but I but I believe it. I believe it that it's my role. My role is so big in this family thing, not to lord it over, but to make it right. Yep. I agree. Yep, absolutely. I, I agree. You have to actually take the initiative. Uh, somebody has to wear the big boy pants, I guess, is a good way to put it. Well, and there's a humility yeah. there. There's a humility and a and a a love that that really supersedes the hurt, the grievance, the wrong that that comes in, and that's how we can show Christ to those coming up behind us too. Yeah. That is a a servant leadership that is that is hard to to overlook. As, well, as you're coming behind, you know, and, and the other thing kind of playing off your point there about, you know, you have to be the dad is that if the son or the daughter had come and actually made the effort to rectify, it is not exactly the same. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, there's always this element of just kind of it's it, is it real? You know, and when the father, you know, who's kind of the authority in the scenario, if they are the first ones to make the move, it really has a completely different platform and a completely different, you know, it feels completely different. Um, And I don't want to say that it's impossible if the son or daughter make the move. I don't want to go to that point. I'm just saying it's a little little weird. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You know, and even like you were saying, David, how you like it when your son might come back and say, oh, you were right. (laughs) I remember one time I was talking to my oldest um, who has this great sense of justice. And and I said, Ben, you know, someday you're going to have to apologize to your future wife, even when you're not when you don't feel wrong. I said, because not because you're faking it, but because you have offended and, you know, you're going to have to say, I'm sorry for doing that and really mean it. And he said, I don't think I can do that, Dad. <laughs> said, you know, if, if I'm not wrong, I can't say I'm sorry. And about a year after he had been married, we're just standing out in our combined yards. And he goes, you know, Dad, sometimes you have to apologize even when you're not wrong. And I'm like, point, you know, point made. It was done. You know, and again, I, I can kind of be okay with that, knowing that God's got to get my kids to those places mm-hmm. that you, and use my voice, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe it comes up later in somebody else's voice or in God's voice or, right. or whatever. And I don't have to be the one who drives it home. Uh, uh, if I think that it is, then, then it begins to break down. Then I begin to be mean. And, you know, I build up walls instead of building relationships. Well, and that's really where that trust comes in, that we all as parents have got to lean into. We give what we can and God multiplies. God gives the increase. God is faithful to bring it all around in his time. Um, And so we just hand it to him and trust him with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, Todd, this has been amazing. We are running short on time, and I wanted to, to give you the opportunity to let everybody know where you're going to be coming up, uh, where they can connect with you, all that stuff. Well, every Saturday, I'm in our local McDonald's with my family. <laughs> uh, you're sure welcome to come. Uh, <laughs> but you can also find me at uh, uh, familymanweb.com if you're a dad. If you're a mom, we have the, the smilinghomeschooler.com. Uh, and you can find us there as well. 
And we will be sure to, to link all of those. Uh, do you have any more conferences coming up or any other any other travel? No, we are done. We are oh, done for over time. the year. Uh, uh, we were in one in Colorado. And uh, I don't know if you heard the, the news that, that they had a flood. They oh, had no. a water main. They had a water main break in their main speaking halls, which oh. held about 2,500 people. Two or three inches of water, the whole thing. And it just pushed, pushed out into the vendor hall. Oh, and no. it was like, they had an emergency meeting and they were like, half the hall was dry. They said, but if you're in this section over by Todd Wilson, um, <laughs> it is underwater. So uh, it was a high watermark in the, in the conferences for us. <laughs> so, and I had, I had my wife on my back as we're going barefooted <laughs> through the hall. Uh, it was the first uh, uh, convention I'd ever been to where my toes were wrinkled by the end of the day. Wow. So it was, uh, it turned out to be a great event, but, um, but it was, it was a, it was a weird one to end on. So we're yeah. done. We're, we're enjoying summer. Uh, and I mean, we, everybody needs a summer, mm-hmm. uh, even moms who school year round. Truth is you need a little bit of summer too. Yeah. Um, yep. We all need those breaks, um, and they're so so good. Just to to do family, to do puttering, to do sitting out in the sun, to do mm-hmm. those things that uh, the regular school year hinders you in doing. Yep. Yep, totally agree. Well, Todd, thank you so so much for taking your time to to hang out with us today. Oh, it was my pleasure, uh, and and I, I can't even imagine episode one hundred and forty being any better than that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> one thirty nine was a good one. Too. It was a good one. <laughs> Indeed, it was. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for episode one thirty nine. I am very excited that you were here. I hope that this has been incredibly encouraging and helpful. As you've heard, these two veteran, I almost said old, these two veteran fathers talk about the importance of fatherhood, of parenthood, of investing in your children, of being present and relational, and just making that a priority. It pays off so, so many different ways. So stay encouraged. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.